Good morning, everyone. Talk Radio. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for today. If I ever do anything. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we're having a, um, a funny morning in that uh, it's not our typical show. We are not doing the, the typical programming and formatting that we typically do. I said typically three times now uh, on our program. Uh, we are going to be talking today to some folks at uh, Standing Rock and um, I know a lot of people are out of the loop when it comes to what's going on. Not everybody has time to try to find out uh, through social media. Uh, and that's really the only place that we're finding out about what's going on there. So without any further ado, I would like to see if our guest, uh, William, is on the line right now. I believe he is. Let's see if I can get him on. Hi, William. Are I'm you there? Right yep, yeah, I'm, I'm having a, kind of a clumsy morning here, so please forgive me. Uh, <laughs> trying to get on on the air. So, um, William, can you tell us what you, um, uh, who you are and, uh, what brought you to, uh, to be out at Standing Rock right now? Yeah, my name's, uh, William Jerome. I'm typically a musician and, um, uh, entrepreneur based out of the Bay area at the moment. And, uh, I came to Standing Rock because I mean, I care. And I think that anybody who does care and has the means and the opportunity um, comes here because it's 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 a new wave, it's a new movement, and it's time that we start standing up for for ourselves and our rights and for each other and the earth. Yeah, absolutely. So, how long have you been down there? I got here the week of uh, Halloween. So um, oh, wow. I don't remember exactly what day. I, it was such a rush to get out here. So I, I I'm probably week, either the end of week four or in the middle of week five. I'm not sure. Okay. And um, what are the conditions like uh, out there <laughs> for you guys? Conditions? Um, well, right now it's really cold. That's for sure. Um, I mean, there, there's, there's luckily an abundance of, of like, help everybody's helping each other um okay. there there's not a whole lot of lodging especially in the uh, uh Chetty Shakowin camp which is the big camp um but there is a lot of people helping each other um and so as far as conditions go I'd, I'd say it's a pretty pretty solid place to be if you have yourself your stuff together right on um have you run into any um I've I've heard of incidences of uh, violence uh, from the uh, the Dapple, um, I guess uh, the the folks that are supporting Dapple, the Dakota mm-hmm. Access Pipeline folks. Uh, have you had to go through any of that yourself personally, or have you seen it happen? Are you talking about with like their security on the front lines, yeah. or just like people yeah. people? No, security oh, yeah. on the I mean, front yeah, I mean, there's 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 videos that, I mean, every time every time something crazy goes down, it pretty much is instantly viral. But yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of violence, and I mean, but I mean, it's such a fine line to walk right now because there's a lot of people that are mad, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are fed up, 
and they feel like they need to have their voice heard. And sometimes it's done a little bit, um, it's done a little bit, I don't want to say aggressively, but strongly, a little too strongly. And so the cops are reacting to that half the time. Um, But as far as like, as far as like just blatant violence goes, yeah, there's, there's a lot of cases where they, they come in, tell us to leave, and if we don't leave, then they, they lash out. Wow. <laughs> they decide to use force. So how many people would you, would you say or estimate are out there right now um, supporting? Man, I think the last time we, we talked, there was close to 10,000 people. No. It's, it's gotten huge. It's gotten, oh. it's gotten huge. Wow, that's a lot of people to be supported. I mean, um, physically, I'm talking about like food and uh, water, and 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 you're saying that you guys are fairly well supported in that area. I mean, how can well, people? It Go fluctuates. Ahead. You know, it, it fluctuates. Like it'll it'll like the, that number will up and drop like fifty percent. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. a lot of people come in on the weekends. They're the weekend warriors. They show up. They drop supplies. They maybe walk around, take some pictures share with their friends what what it's like out here and then they leave you know so like on the weekends it spikes and then it comes down but people are constantly bringing us donations and food is constantly being brought in i spoke with some of the people at grandma's kitchen which is the big kitchen at ocheti shakwin they said that they have so much food that they're having to like have somebody like try to mathematically formulate how much food to make so that they don't make too much every day got it well, that's they just good. have so much. Sorry about that. We have another caller live on the air. Hi, uh, caller. Where are you calling in from? Um, you talking to me, Sally? Yes, I am. Hi. Hi. I'm you or not sure. I can get your phone numbers ahead of time, so I'm sorry. Hi, Sally. Thank you oh, for calling right. in. <laughs> of course. Thanks for having me. I'm calling in from Austin, Texas. So mm-hmm. you were already out at Standing Rock then, yeah? I was up there. I got back um, on Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Can you tell us about what you saw and experienced there? Sure. Um, I went up there to shoot um, for a documentary project that, because of all of the restrictions on filming, sort of permutated a little bit as it went, quite appropriately. And uh, what I ended up focusing on is all of the families who were camped there and collecting the perspectives of the mothers and the grandmothers. So I really didn't spend, yeah, as much of my time on the front lines or pursuing the action. Um, uh-huh. But I, I really focused on this, this other type of protest, which is a kind of lifestyle protest, I would say. Oh, and how would you describe that, like a, a lifestyle protest? I don't know that I've ever heard of that before. Well, what I mean is that um, the camp organizes these actions that are really – according to what they told me, designed to attract the media to this issue, to this conflict. And so the media being bloodthirsty as it is, they're more attracted to conflict. They want to see things like the taking over the bridge, the encircling of the banks in Bismarck, and they're probably hoping also to see some police resistance, even brutality, because that makes for good news. But all of that, while it has its place in democracy and it is effective in getting people's attention, it's sort of meaningless if it doesn't point, right, the attention toward what are these people really standing for? And right. so, 
see that big story is there are these families, and uh, the Lakota people used to be a matriarchy, in fact, until the U.S. government refused to negotiate with women, and so there was a power shift in the tribe. Um, But basically there are these families that are saying it's not just about this pipeline. It's about water sovereignty everywhere, particularly on reservations and for indigenous people. And it's, and it's about water sovereignty for everyone. And particularly, it's about this idea that this pipeline, they're not just resisting this pipeline, but the lifestyle that the pipeline enables and, in fact, demands. And that there's another way to live in mm-hmm. harmony with the elements and in harmony with each other. And we have to start talking about that because otherwise, no matter what happens with the Dakota Access Pipeline, the fight will go on forever because they'll always be trying to run something through somewhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's brilliant. I can't wait to see uh, the footage that you got. Did you get to speak to any um, of the midwives that are out there right now? Yes, we uh, we interviewed uh, three women running the the uh, midwifery and women's health yurt on Wellness Row, um, two of them indigenous, all of them fabulous. And uh, got some really special stories about how important it is for places of political activity to dedicate space in the support of women and children's special needs in order to have a truly inclusive democracy. I love that um, the the midwives are like the uh, are out there like holding space for everyone and not just like taking care Mm -hmm. of them, but like holding that space. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Where can and make, as they that? told me. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I just said, as they told me, you know, the, the yurt that they have is really beautiful. And the day I met them, they were putting in a new floor because there have been sort of material upgrades from like a, a tent or a teepee into now they have um, a more winterized space. And it's still, it's very beautiful because they told me it's important to have like a womb-like feeling there at the camp for everyone and to honor the woman, to honor the womb from which we all came because this is all about protecting Mother Earth in the end and that that womb energy in the world. Wow, that's beautiful. How can uh, anybody who's listening right now um, help? What can we do to help if we can't um, physically show up and go down there? What can we do? Mm-hmm. Well, the uh, the women at the midwifery place with whom I spoke, they gave me a, a P.O. box where donations can be sent. I know there's one for the camp at large, and there's one in particular for the, the midwifery and women's health center, and exactly. I'm glad to give that to you. Um, yeah, please. The, the camp itself has a list of what is needed, and things do fluctuate, but I, I'll just repeat what they told me, that if anyone feels moved in particular to send something that they should honor that and uh, consider that over the list because the list changes so fast. Things come and go. And so it's really a question of spirit sort of directing uh, the, the demand, supply and demand. So see, I'm just looking at the PO box right now for you. Oh, okay, yeah. Is that the 300 Collins Avenue one? It's probably all the same post office. I okay, know that well, the camp has several. 
Okay, and I'll make sure that we put it up on our Facebook page and on my public Facebook page. My public Facebook page is G-E-N-A, Gina Kirby, or it's M-S, sorry, Ms. Gina Kirby uh, on Facebook, and you can find it. I'll put the uh, address there, the Minnewakani Midwives, 300 Collins Avenue, P.O. Box 357, yeah. Dan, uh, North Dakota, 58554, USA. I'll repeat it again at the end of the show. Um, I'm get, I got that information off of your Facebook page. Um, oh, but yes, what I right. saw was that they were looking for um, to get uh, menstrual products, diapers, because there are babies out there, uh, baby blankets, formula, tissues, tinctures, balms, uh, all of that stuff. So um, I'm just so happy to know that people are actually donating things and actually sending things. Um, yeah. And, go ahead. And they encourage they encourage people to make an activity make an activity out of it an awareness raising activity they want families to come in together for women to come together as leaders and say you know let's let's collect some herbs and make some tinctures or let's put together these baskets and pack you know to make it not just a, a private act of solidarity as wonderful as that is but a community yeah. building act of solidarity to to you know like let things ripple out yeah, absolutely. Like it's uh, instead of uh, I think because people are used to donating privately or like giving in private. Uh, if we're talking about like church and stuff, a lot of people don't make a big issue out of like, look mm-hmm. what I gave. But I think this mm-hmm. is the kind of time where you would want to say like, look what I gave, <laughs> and mm-hmm. and really yeah. get to light. Uh, I just recently saw. Um, I think it was uh, Patton Oswald just recently uh, posted on Twitter that. Uh, uh, that there was a Amazon list, a wish list for um, uh, for uh, the folks at Standing Rock, and he said that he bought a wind turbine, a generator, and a laptop, and then he said, oh, and a drone, uh, mm-hmm. and then he said, oh, ho, ho, <laughs> which I yeah. thought was for everybody to, because um, I, I instantly shared that link on my wall, and I got a bunch of people who said that they were going to be donating things. Uh, because they hadn't even known that there was an opportunity to do that. So I wanted to bring that uh, information to our listeners. We have over about ten, anywhere from ten to 12,000 listeners a month. They're parents who care. And so um, hopefully for all the parents that are listening right now, this is uh, something new to think about, it. Uh, maybe for some of you and maybe for others it's not. Uh, but I loved what you had just said about um, this way of living uh, and in, in peace with nature that it's not like some newfangled thing. It's not some progressive idea. This is the way mm-hmm. uh, it had been for, for a long time that we lost uh, with our, mm-hmm. definitely with the, our culture right now. Uh, can you mm-hmm. share anything else that you, that you would love for our listeners to know uh, or to mm-hmm. at least, you know, to come and think about uh, after this mm-hmm. program? Well, I would invite everyone to consider uh, after speaking with these moms, some of them have, some of these people who live on the camp don't live anywhere else. They're not just there until they get thrown out and then they go back to their two-story colonials in the suburbs. Some of them are migratory families. Uh, Some of them, that's the land where they live. And speaking with them, they introduced to me a concept, and these are my words, but it's a a term to sort of capture what they were describing to me is this idea of sensual poverty that actually many people in the U S 
and in places where life is really regulated and really routine are living in a different type of poverty where they're not actually appreciating their own wealth. They're not actually feeling it. And maybe that is the source of the indifference that can trickle down into real poverty when people keep taking more than they need. So that's a concept that really struck me deeply. The need that each one of us has, that it's actually a form of activism in a way to deeply taste your food, to go out and get cold, let yourself be cold so you can really appreciate the magic of a fire and basically just be alive. That it's, it's up to each one of us to vividly experience our lives and as a family and as a community uh, so that we don't have to go medicating uh, our boredom with a bunch of plastic stuff. And uh, for those who like to reflect on that, I would love to hear your thoughts. Um, I'd like to give my contact information if people would like to reach yeah. out and participate in this film. Yeah, absolutely. So you can... Um, I have a newsletter. If you just go to tinyletter.com slash Zaley, that's my name. It's spelled Z-A-E-L-I. And um, that's where I will uh, circulate clips of the interviews, um, the midwives and the women who run the California Kitchen, and then a bunch of these other mothers and grandmothers. Um, And I will invite you there to be in touch with me. Um, I really want to get this out as soon as possible because I felt the, I felt on my own end the urgency. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that a lot of these women, they, they felt more centered and more present, but as a mother, um, I, I felt like this is something we need to start talking about and acting on soon. Oh, my gosh, yeah, absolutely. I loved your article, um, What the Mothers of Standing Rock Taught Me About Protest and Prayer. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be uh, sharing that on uh, Progressive Parenting today and on my public page. Um, thank you so much for all that you do. I really appreciate it and uh, for what you're doing right now. Um, and hopefully we can get back to William really quick because I know he's still on, on the line. Are you still there, William? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, that so, was really good. Right? <laughs> I, I enjoyed Absolutely. listening to that. I think actually, I think, I'm, I think we've already met too, um, you were you were hanging out with a friend of mine in the hotel room from Juiceland. You're in Austin, Texas, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 We, we actually. Yeah. Wow. We were hanging out. We have mutual friend and ended up hanging out at the casino. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Operator. Claire. Uh, Claire works for the boom mic for uh, for the filming. So it's a real women powered film too. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm glad on. to hear that it's coming along so good. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, it's all good stuff. So, um, William, tell me more about, like, what 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 do you see your role as? Like, how are you what – what is it that you're doing there, and how long are you planning on staying out there? Well, right now my main role um, that I've found myself in the position of is um, – operating drones for the media teams. I work directly with um, one particular media outlet called Digital Smoke Signals that's uh-huh. read, uh, ran by a guy named, uh, an amazing human named Myron Dewey. Um, so the story is how I, 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 came to, I came to Standing Rock not really knowing. I know I wanted to film because I, wanted that, I know that's the, the greatest form of protection that we have when it comes to what's going on on the front line and 
how yeah. these people are being treated. Um, and I didn't, but I, I didn't, wasn't really sure what I was going to do. I ended up helping with security at sacred stone camp and then just going to actions and filming. Um, and then, uh, one of the, one of the fundraisers, um, bought me a drone and said, can you pilot a drone? And I was like, um, yeah, sure. I can learn. <laughs> I'd only piloted a drone a couple of times, but, um, so we, so we got a drone, um, and I started flying it and then, um, I ended up going out on a mission. I got some footage of the drill pads and then that, that footage made its way to, um, other people. And then Myron Dewey, um, reached out and was like, Hey, let's, let's, uh, let's work. It was actually a friend, a, a mutual friend. Somebody met me, connected me with Myron Dewey and then we ended up working together. And so since then that's been like, I feel like my main role is, is compiling, um, compiling footage, aerial footage of actions and the camp and, um, and what Dapple's doing to share with the people as well as share with our camp and, and our legal teams to hold them accountable for any illegal actions they've been doing, like stalking us, um, pointing, pointing high-powered sniper rifles at us from very far away, um, drilling where they should not, when they should not be drilling, digging where they should not be digging, dumping wastewater where they should not be dumping wastewater. These are things that we've been compiling to, you know, ultimately hold them accountable for. Oh my gosh. I heard that they've, um, that they're taking out drones that they're like actually shooting them down. Is that happening? Oh yeah. Yeah. Actually I posted a video on my, on my personal page uh, the other day showing one of our drones that took a direct hit from a uh, rubber bullet. <coughs> Wow. And uh yeah, I lost the drone just the other day. They have they have these other things that they're doing. They're not directly shooting. Um we haven't really figured out what it is that they're doing and we haven't really proven it, so we're trying not to like blow it up on on social media until we have evidence, but something's been happening to our drones where um with a full battery life, if we get too close to their side of what they're doing, um randomly our aircraft will be disconnected like our remote our host remote will be booted from the drone and the drone will land itself and we have we have parameters set on we have we have we have settings on the drone so that if we ever do lose connection with the drone or something happens like the the battery's about to die or the remote control dies it has uh we use dji phantoms uh, fours, they have a setting in them so that they can, they will reach, they will fly to a certain altitude to get away from whatever is causing the interference, and they will fly back to where they took off from, and that's just built into the software of the drone. But oh, wow. that's not been happening lately. Like the other day, one of our drones during its uh, on the Thanksgiving uh, action, um, one of the drones flew around to the other side of the uh, mountain and was just disconnected and I watched it just land itself and I couldn't figure out why. Wow. That's crazy. Well, um, I wish we had some more time in the program. Uh, I just wanted to wrap it up and I wanted to thank you both for your time uh, and um, for everything that you're doing to help. And please keep in touch with us. Uh, if you at any time feel the need that uh, you need to let us know what's going on or get the word out to lots of people at one time, Please get in touch with me. I, I want to offer my radio program and our voice 
at Progressive Parenting Radio to the people of Standing Rock. So uh, it, all it takes is a phone call. And I just want to let you guys know that that's open to you. And uh, thank you again. And I'll be sure to put all of your information, anything that you want me to put on, on our two uh, Facebook pages, you let me know. Thanks again so much for your time and for what you do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys have a good night or good afternoon. And thank you to our listeners. Please uh, check us out on our Facebook page for more information on how to help the folks out at Standing Rock and what you can do. Thank you. Until next time, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. I want to be so good to this little life if I I wanna know I tried my best.